Hey everybody, welcome to the Twistcast, the official podcast of the Twisted Cape. My name is Sam. I'm Jesse. I'm Mike. And for our first Twistcast topic, I figured what better way to kick it off than to talk about the season's blockbuster. I'm of course talking about Justice League. Of course, I mean, the biggest thing that people were waiting for all year. (laughs) And having said that, what are your guys' thoughts? I thought it was good. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching this movie top to bottom. I don't know about you guys. It it was given the missteps that DC has had yes. with their past movies, barring Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is fantastic. I think we can all agree on that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um so given the missteps that DC's had, I did have a healthy level of skepticism going into this. And I think the movie is going to get a lot more hate from critics and stuff than it deserves. I can agree with that. I I, th- I think We were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. I think that critics are not always the best judges of content when it comes to comic books and comic book movies because we have a little more experience with the source material. Well, do you think that the source material is necessarily what they're going after? Like, um, it, It seems like, especially for Justice League, people are hammering down on Ben Affleck for really just not doing a great job acting. I mean, I I can see that sort of stuff and that sort of commentary is warranted. Like I I can see critics bashing the actual acting itself, but when it comes to like the storylines and how the characters actually interact with one another, I feel like that's where they're going to not be really the best judge of what's going on. Yeah. They don't have a lot of experience with, you know, like, yeah, you kind of know who Batman is, but I don't think any movie has really nailed Batman like this. these last two iterations uh, with BVS. As much as I ripped that movie, I think Batman's really good versus Batman and Justice League. I think Batman's really good in Justice League. Like how, how Ben Affleck is as an actor, all right, yeah, you can rip that all day. But, uh, I mean... It, you know the, the critics. Do they know Superman? Do they really know Superman? They they have an idea, but I'm not gonna trust some random critic who cares about the art of cinema over. I'm I'm like really curious to see because a lot of people were giving Superman shit in these last two movies just because <laughs> he was very like dark and broody, and so like the critics latched onto that as well. So I'm curious to see what critics are going to say now that he's had a bit of an about face in this yeah. movie. Well, see, I honestly was expecting more from Superman in Justice League. How I don't so? know. I don't know how fair how fair that is though because I went in with the expectation that he wasn't even going to be in there until the second half of the film. But Actually, I had the exact opposite. I didn't think he was going to be in this one pretty much at all until like the very end. I thought they were going to wait until the very end to bring him back and then bring him in for like the next Justice League as a big team up. See, I honestly probably would have liked that a lot better because I, I really felt like Superman just overpowered the hell out of Steppenwolf, which, you know, that's... That's just how it is. Yeah, but, but that's something I loved. But it was he just, laid that was ass whooping on Steppenwolf so bad. It was too easy. You know, like they brought Superman back to life. And they're like, okay, well, 
he fucked off for a little bit. So let's just go, let's just go to Steppenwolf now. See how we do. And they're not doing good. And then all of a sudden he just shows up, and then Batman gets his orgasm face on. <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> and then it's done in like two minutes. Well, that's why they also had him like go fuck off with the Flash for a little bit to do that whole little scene, just because they knew that as soon as Superman showed up, things were gonna be over. Instantly, so like they had to stretch it out. Speaking of that, I felt the movie kind of dragged when it focused on that family because it was like, why do I need to see these people like five times throughout the film? I understand parademons are everywhere, but why do I need to watch them learn about parademons and block themselves in a house just to get saved later? Like, I understand the purpose of it, but it just spent a little too much time there. I would have preferred more time getting to know about Cyborg's interaction with other people or uh, Batman's coming around or anything, anything other than that. And, and touching on the that one family, like, so I don't, I don't know if it was just me mm-hmm. being naive, but I was under the impression that that family was like, the only people that were there. It did seem like that. Yeah. And, and then, you and got then a all of a sudden Superman a building full of fucking people. Like as when they started evacuating and you saw like the tendrils moving everywhere, like you you got a little glimpse of other people actually running away. But for the most part, it seemed like a desolated area. Yeah. And yeah. That was kind of the point. Like they even mentioned that in the movie. The point was that it was supposed to be a deserted area that would be difficult for people to actually know what's going on. There's no satellite coverage, no internet. Stuff like that. So that was the point. But at the same time, it was very isolated. Yeah. I, I, that just, uh, honestly, that was the biggest plot twist of the whole movie for me. What a twist. Oh, my God. They're actual people. people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, I actually loved Superman in the movie. Like, I I know you guys don't seem like you're really in love with when they brought him back. Oh. Or how they brought him back. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I loved it. I, I loved how they brought him back because it fit in the story, you know, like the the boxes were there for more than one purpose, yeah. uh, which is another reason why I thought it worked for Cyborg to be in the story because he served more than one purpose yeah. rather than just being there as just a character in the Justice League because they could have picked, uh, you know, a myriad of characters, but they chose him because he served the story well. Um, but I, I really did like how Superman came back and his new, I guess, his attitude, which is more like the comic books, yeah. you know, more, more upbeat. More and, that of oh my all God, American the, Boy One Scout. of those like campiest lines from the movie. Yeah. Wait, what was it? Like, how do you like justice or what? Yeah. He said, he's like, there was, there was definitely like two different calls to like a league and justice but they never said Justice League, uh, which I get, I suppose. It's kind of <laughs> how Avengers never really quite said Avengers in that first movie. Did they? Like, I mean, they called it the Avenger Initiative, oh, okay. but yeah, as yeah. Coulson's dying, he's like, he's like, otherwise they'd have nothing to... <laughs> well, <laughs> just... and it, actually, it's funny you say it. So, um, remember the scene in the Avengers when uh, Tony, he, Tony lands on the top of uh, Stark Tower and like the his that machine is like taking off his suit yeah. as he's walking in to talk to Loki. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so when he's talking to Loki, he's like uh you know 
you might destroy the earth but, but we'll, at the end of the day you're gonna have to deal with us and you know if the earth's we'll gone we'll avenge we're, it. Yeah. we're gonna avenge it so yeah but uh, superman just showed up to that fight with steppenwolf and he's like how do you like justice and i was like oh my god <laughs> but yeah i i loved the yeah like you were saying the boy scout like i loved that he was a little bit jokey mm-hmm like after a while, like he just—it's what he's supposed wise. to be. Yeah, and it felt so good to have that iteration of Superman. Like if we want Brood, we have Batman, yeah. and hell, we now have Aquaman, who is really, really broody. Yeah. He came—he kind of came off as like a like dick, angsty an teenager. <laughs> uh, but w- which was great. Um, honestly, the. The lasso when Wonder Woman got him with the lasso. Okay, that was <laughs> That's when his true character like really came out. He's like, "There's just so much shit I want to do, and I'm just young." I was like, "Okay." Yeah, that moment where he looks at at Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman is like, "You, you're gorgeous," and I was like, "Yeah, he's right. She is. I love her." <laughs> but like, okay, so then I did touch upon this in our actual review, which go read our review. It's fantastic and comprehensive. It is. Um, it is. So I did touch upon this. That this movie was basically nothing but course correction for DC. They went through and wanted to like rewrite some of their characters, put them back on the right path. And I noted that Aquaman was probably their biggest project because it, he was like this topic of jokes for decades, most worthless hero. But now he's all of a sudden this badass. But I have to question, did they maybe overcorrect with Aquaman because I felt like he came off as very much an asshole in this movie. Well, no, I don't think they overcorrected based off of um, who he is in comics. Like now he's kind of a dick. Like he's, I mean, not completely. Let me start over. He's not take two. Yeah. Take two. He's not quite as bad as he is in the movie, but he's still, kind of an arrogant asshole like he's an he's an atlantean he's a king he don't need your surface dwelling shit like you know that's kind of how he is now um they go too far who knows <laughs> i mean we we got him for what 30 minutes that was another thing he was <laughs> barely in the movie compared to the rest of them it was hard especially with him being a new character with no previous solo film mm-hmm. you would think they would give him a little bit more screen time so audiences could actually get to know who this person is yeah and i was really just surprised at how little he was actually in there but that but when he was in it he was fun like i was actually kind of happy to see him on screen um like when he initially rushes in to save uh, the the small smaller group of Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, and Cyborg. When the Gotham Harbor when, yeah, when comes the, crashing in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy's a fucking badass. You can't, do, like, don't take him lightly because if you do, he's going to wreck you. There's one, that, that one part, though, it, I was thinking about it today, and it kind of bothers me that they're all, so Steppenwolf lets go of the missile, it hits the wall, and they're like, oh, my God. It's Gotham Harbor. And they're all just standing there. You have Wonder Woman right there who could easily just pick up Flash and Batman in one swoop, pop him into the Nightcrawler, and get the hell out of there. But they all just stood there in the off chance that Aquaman just comes busting through the fucking water. 
uh, eh, that just bothered me. Well, that, that, there's one other thing about the the movie that really bothered me, right? So we've all seen Wonder Woman. We all basically loved Wonder Woman. Um, and they, they stuck close to her New 52 Origins, which is basically, if you haven't read it, she's half Amazonian, half God. So she's a demigod. She's super powerful. The braces that she wears, where that she uses to deflect bullets and stuff, actually limit her power so she's not too powerful she's fighting steppenwolf and he is whooping that ass everywhere i'm i was thinking to myself just take off the bracers you can end this fight immediately there's almost no need for superman i thought same thing in the superman fight but but then i thought about it a little more and i was like well maybe she doesn't want to hurt clark because she actually does care about him as a friend and if she goes full on demigod which we saw in wonder woman she's not really going to be able to not hurt him yeah that was, yeah. I, I am I am I wrong though? Under the impression that if she takes off her gauntlets, like that's pretty much almost like no going back. I don't think that was the case. Oh. I'd have to rewatch the movie. Okay. I wouldn't see why it would be. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I mean, because she, she took them off in the movie and she's put them back on. Yeah. Um. Hmm, I guess I forgot that part. That's okay. We can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> so going on so i loved that they positioned wonder woman as the team leader partway through the movie i did like that yeah okay so batman was pretty much trying to get wonder woman to be the leader of the team Mm -hmm. and he made like what two or three points of trying to do it but when when did she actually lead the team you know like they got off uh they got off the jet uh, when they got to the site where Steppenwolf is. And then that was pretty much it. Like, what did she do really to lead the team at that point? They didn't really actually show it. They just told you basically while Batman was driving around in the Batmobile. Um, the plan was for Batman just kind of lure all the parademons away. And then those guys would go and attack Steppenwolf. But they instead decided that, well, Wonder Woman decided that they were going to go help Batman instead. That... I've, she made the yeah, leader's call. There. Yeah, yeah. I, I forget who I, I, said that. I think it was Aquaman that said she's the one that decided to do this. Yeah. See, because Batman got all all caught up because he over or underestimated, underestimated the parademons, yeah. and then he changed the course of the plan. And you know, so <laughs> it was funny. Batman was pretty much, "Hey, here's this plan, guys. Diana, you got this right." And then five, yeah. and then five minutes later, Baron's like, "Well, uh, f this. I'm gonna just remember that plan I told you about. We're not doing that. Screw that. <laughs> so, Diana, you did a horrible job, um, but go team. You know, I, I actually thinking about the dynamic between Bruce and Diana in this movie. It was one of the the strongest points of the movie. I felt, especially the part where they get back in the hangar." And they're they're just sniping at each other. Oh yeah! And he brings up Steve Trevor, Trevor and she just pops him in the chest, oh. and he flies backwards, and he tries to play it off, but you can tell that motherfucker is hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny. And he already had like a broken rib. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that part. Um, but I, I did that. That was another part of the, the movie I really liked was how quiffy the team was with each other, and how much friction they had as well. 
Because, remember, for the most part, they're strangers. They don't really know each other. I mean, hell, Bruce Wayne shows up in Central City for um, Barry Allen, and he just... Barry Allen just agrees after like one sentence from Bruce. Like, he's like, I'll do, he I'll do whatever you want. has no idea who this person is. <laughs> I just don't want to go to brunch with you. <laughs> what, what is brunch? What is brunch? You, uh, okay. you wait an hour in line. All right. So I don't know if it was lunch. just me, but like, I don't really like how socially awkward they made him. Like, I, I can understand maybe a li- little bit, but they like dialed it up to like 10. Well, the other thing I didn't understand was, and maybe... This might be my lack of knowledge of the character, but I don't know why he was like a recluse. That too. Like, why like was he what? a loner? Why was he so so antisocial and just like socially awkward? And Well, f- from what I gathered from the movie, you know, his dad is locked up and he's had really nobody around him. He's had no support system. So what happened and- to the West? I don't know. They just this could be them. this could be like a timeline yeah, where they didn't really uh, yeah. have much influence. I don't, I don't think that's, we don't know yet. Yeah. Plus, you know, he's got these powers, and that's automatically going to make him awkward because he's he's what in his twenties, maybe. Yeah, they made him really young too. Yeah, like, he's and, not even a student. Yeah, leave alone yeah. an actual scientist. Yeah, he he's scientifically inclined, but he's not quite there yet. Yeah. So that kind of lends itself to it. He's like. Think well, about how you were at twenty-two. Yeah, but like, the, <laughs> if you had what, powers, was he not in school though? Because no, he, he said he that was, he was taking courses. He said he was working towards it, and so yeah. at the very end, when he went back to the prison to see his dad, and he was showed up with the acceptance letter because Bruce paid for all schooling. <laughs> he couldn't afford for it. Speaking of Bruce paying yeah. for things, oh, the <laughs> bank. I bought the bank. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. It's just an impulse buy. It's a reaction thing. And oh. Superman was just so dumbfounded after. He was like, "Wait, you you bought the bank?" <laughs> yeah, I love that. that I mean, good. they really played into. I can't really do much except for bankroll like, this whole entire goddamn they thing. They literally said, "What's your superpower?" Being rich. <laughs> He's right. He really is. I mean, all that tech, the headquarters, uh, the, the hangar they worked out of for the most part, the transport that they it had. Was all of his parents' money. Yeah, he's just, whatever. I'm super rich. I have to say, though, if they don't have the javelin in the next movie, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> I thought that's what it was going to be. Like what he was working on in the beginning. Yeah. Eh. Oh, well. So, um, I know I mentioned this you know, prior to, to us getting into this, but I thought that that CGI mustache thing was weird. Like, you guys didn't really notice it. I didn't notice it. But I, I was looking at his face, and I was like, it doesn't look right, man. I mean, it, it just wasn't at the forefront of my mind. I And I mentioned this before. Like, I'm sure I've heard about it when it was first, like, revealed that they're going to have to CGI that shit. But, like, it sense has gone out of my head so i wasn't really looking for it during the course of the movie if i went back and rewatched it knowing like what kind of scenes whedon had to go back and reshoot and they had to cgi all that then i might be like okay yeah that something looks weird now so i made a a joke to sam um in the very beginning of the movie (laughs) which i felt horrible because (laughs) because like the beginning of the movie there and i really think they did it poorly like they tried to show the world in chaos because some guy kicks a can of fruit or, you know, a crate of fruit. 
people are getting arrested. Like, I get it. People are messed up because Superman is gone. But, I mean, you could have shown, like, a different way to do it. So, either way, it was just kind of dramatic in the beginning of the movie if you hadn't seen it before. Yeah, so these kids are, they find Superman and they have this this shitty little video recorder of some sort and they're like superman can you answer some questions for our podcast so (laughs) they're they're talking to him and they're like what do you think is the best thing about being on earth superman looks away he thinks for a second he looks back and smiles and that's one of the places i noticed that 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 mustache was covered up and as he smiles the video cuts out and i lean over to sam and go he just killed those kids, and Sam is laughing for the next like ten minutes. I, I, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I just see Sam doubled over laughing. I'm just like, "What the hell just happened?" I have a morbid sense of humor. It just popped into my head, and uh, yeah, that was it. It was over. I mean, I honestly want to. If they're going to release an extended version of Justice League, I want an extended version. With mustache, <laughs> I want to see the Superman with mustache super, so bad. Super stash. Um, all right, so I wanted to bring up like a pretty big problem, recurring problem that I've noticed, and I'm gonna start by saying Steppenwolf. All right, so out of the last four, four or five movies, I don't know how how many they've had since Man of Steel. It's Man of Steel. BVS, BVS, Suicide Suicide Squad, Squad, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. And just, all right, so five movies. Each of the five movies has something that I absolutely hate. Well, maybe not Man of Steel so much. They CGI the big villain at the end, like completely. And it's, it's at a point where it's jarring. Like we have the technology to make these things look better. And like, I was thinking about Wonder Woman, like, Ares looks like he was from like a 2003 video game. Like mm-hmm. it's bad. And then Steppenwolf, it's just like, it just felt weird to look at. No, like, dude, it was like, um, it was like, uh, apocalypse all over again. Like X-Men. It, we got Ivan Ooze essentially <laughs> just like, you yeah, know, yeah. 20, oh 20, my God. Yeah. <laughs> 2017 Ivan Ooze from Money more from power Rangers movie. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, I just wasn't digging it, man. Like, I wish they'd find another way to make it work. Like, I don't want to compare them to Marvel as much because I'm, people bitch and moan about that. But, like, that's where I, I think about it the most. Like, they do a really good job with makeup and blending practical with CGI. Like, I just feel like that's where and the like, studio could learn a little we bit. We know that they have the potential to do it because if you look at Suicide Squad, they won that... Yeah. Um, what was it? The Oscar? Oscar for makeup. For makeup. Yeah. Like the, we know that they have the ability to actually make a lot more of the prosthetics and like the actual makeup and physical stuff. They just... I, I don't know. I don't know if they're just too lazy to do that every time. They just don't think about it. They think they can get away with just CGI. Cheaper to do it that way. I, I don't know. Well, and... I also had a problem. Did you did you guys see the way Flash was running? Yes! Looked, I was going to yes. bring that yeah. up. It looked like he was rubber band man, like yes. constantly falling forward. Now, I didn't. I don't want to be too harsh there because the way you run is kind of like the way you laugh. Like somebody told me once never to make fun of somebody's laugh because they can't change it. You're, like, you're stuck with that. So how you run, it's kind of the same way. And he, he's like, 
Yeah, like he was like doing the like, the Conor McGregor walk as he was yep. running. It like yeah, all noodle arms. And I was like, eh, that's weird. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know how much faster you're gonna be going running like that. <laughs> yeah, throwing your arms out. But then again, I feel like the problem there is that you have a TV show Flash, who you've spent like 170 hours with at this point, something like that. Pro- probably not that high. I have to check my math on that. But you've seen him run, and it looks more natural. This, like, even though it's a TV budget, like, you know, you're used to seeing him run like a normal sprinter mm-hmm. almost, rather than duck arms, Magoo over there. Yep. It wasn't even the arms that I really had a problem with. It was his legs. His legs always like swung out every yeah. single time. Yeah. Like, yeah. who who told him to do that? Like, that's so unnatural. But maybe that's his normal run. So that's why I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't be so mean about it. Because you, you can't really change how you naturally run. I don't know. It's I weird. Know. I still have a problem with it. No, I don't blame you. It was, <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, toward the end, I did really start to notice it. And it really started to bother me. I'm like, that just looks so weird. Why yeah. are you doing that? <laughs> I, You know what I did like, though? how he didn't know his directions <laughs> yeah. he's like oh god i hope this way is east you know <laughs> and uh and i guess at the the, the end, credit scene yeah the race with superman yeah we're gonna go to the west coast that's that way. way yeah so that that's what i was gonna bring up next uh in my notes i literally have holy shit post-credit scene yes scenes because first of all you get the iconic Superman, Superman Flash, Flash race. And I was like, oh, I kind of want to see how that ends. Okay, quick question. Who do you think won? Look, if you're if you're being honest about it, Flash should win that oh, yeah. race. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Should win that race. But there have been... I've, I've read so many articles or documenting, you know, there's been a race, but they never really got a conclusive answer. Superman won. Flash won. Superman won. Flash won. Another one with an inconclusive answer. So I feel like, for me personally, it has to be Flash. Superman has everything else. Exactly. Give Flash something. I yeah, mean, yeah, it, Flash can run through goddamn time. I like can't Superman be the can't move fasted. that fast. Yeah. Fastest? Come on, man. The only reason I would say that Flash would have lost this particular race uh, is because he really doesn't understand his powers yet. True. I or would agree. Could have just gotten lost. <laughs> that's that's also true. He could have gotten lost. Oh wait, so if he lost, then he's off the team. No, they changed. They changed <laughs> the true. rules. Oh, he had to take uh, him to brunch. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Batman totally threw him under the bus on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're kind of dicks to each other. I kind of <laughs> love loved it. it. Oh, yeah, it was great. So great. Like you have the Avengers who are all just like buddy buddy chummy with each other, but then you got the Justice League who are like they're friends with each other, but they're also assholes to each other, which speaks to me on a personal level. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm an asshole to my friends. Uh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> my friends are assholes to me. And that's yeah. just how it works I so well. I wouldn't prefer it any other way. Yeah, man. It's just interesting. <laughs> so now that we've talked about the first one, let's talk about that second the one. The big one. So in case you haven't seen it, well, I mean, we've already ruined most of the movie for you, so. <laughs> Stop now. Yeah. Go see the, forget everything you just heard. Yeah, go see the movie. Um, so, second scene starts, and they're in what I determined to be Arkham Asylum after, you know, after a, little, a few seconds. Little, yeah. yeah, and um, you see what we assume is Lex Luthor, and I hear 
Sam just kind of let out this sigh, like, oh, Jesus, I don't feel like dealing with this dude again. No. Turns around, it's not him. And then we see a figure on a goddamn boat. And then we all get excited. Oh, uh, yeah. Because the realization sets in. <laughs> well, see, and I, I love, this is really a testament to DC and how they're trying to take little pieces of imagery that they've tried to establish for each character and put them in the movie and establish the character that way. Um, Because right away, so the shot, the first shot that you see is the back, pretty much the back of someone, like they're like the bust of somebody and a sword sticking up with a thread hanging off of the edge of a sword. Yeah, like a bandana, like almost floating in the wind behind them. And instantaneously, I knew... Everyone knows who that is. Yeah. Immediately. Like, just from the back of the back of a head... I think I actually With a thread gasped. dancing off of I, I'm the I'm pretty sword. sure I gasped as well. I was like, oh, no. See, I knew they cast him... I knew, uh, like, he was going to be... Yeah, Batman. Movie, I didn't but think no one knew he was going to be no in clue. Justice League. And yeah. that, that was awesome. Like, the fact that that was stayed under wraps for so long until we, we actually saw it... Oh my god, it was awesome. And then you see Deathstroke in all his glory. Oh my god, yes. And you're just like, oh my god. And then he walks up to Lex Luthor on a boat. I'm on a boat. And And it's going fast. It is going it is going fast. Uh they asked Poseidon to look at him and then Aquaman showed up. No, uh and then and then you see Lex Luthor, who's very different from the last time we saw him. Oh yes. He's he's almost a cocksure just methodical Lex Luthor. Like he's, he's back not, to where he's supposed to be. Yeah. Again, that course correction that yeah. DC focused on. Exactly. He's he's the character that we all recognize from every animated feature, every uh, uh, comic book that we've ever seen. And he basically plants the seeds for the, the League of Doom. And it's just... So phenomenal. Yeah. So phenomenal. All right. Well, who do you think is going to be in the League of Doom? Like, I know. So after after we saw the movie, I, I did mention, I, I think, you know, uh, Wonder Woman 2, it's going to be Cheetah. Um, so she'd be in the League of Doom. Yeah. I think in the Flash solo movie, it's going to be Gorilla Grodd. Okay. And then, well, I thought they were doing Flashpoint, so I'm not sure. Yeah, they're going to do Flashpoint, so they... For all we know, in about two years' time, all this could be retconned because oh, of Flashpoint. Yeah. This Absolutely. could all be defunct in two years. We don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. So you think they're going to do reverse Flash? I, Based off of the Flashpoint comics, based off of what they've done with the show, to me, it would almost have to be reverse yeah. Flash. Yeah. It makes the most sense. Done. Yeah. 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 So... How they do it, if they do it, who knows? But it could also just be that they do a sort of team up of people beforehand. It doesn't necessarily have to mesh with the actual movies themselves. Mm -hmm. So just because Cheetah might be in it, it doesn't mean that she's going to be the main villain for Wonder Woman 2 or something like that. And just because Reverse Flash is going to be in it, doesn't mean that they're going to focus on him. So we could still have Grodd in there and then have Reverse Flash for Flashpoint. True. That's very true. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, just thinking about, like, the Flash's rogues gallery in general, he's got one of the most diverse and interesting rogues galleries out there. And I would... Not that I would be mad if they used Reverse Flash for both a, a League of Doom sort of thing 
and for a flash solo movie but i would want to see some other people get thrown in there i agree i agree who would you like to see I mean, I, I love Captain Cold. Oh my God! I yeah, mean, stole the words out of her mouth. I mean, yeah. Um, Leonard Snart is such a kick-ass character from top is. to bottom, and I just love how, like, yeah, him and the Flash are enemies, but they also work together so often. Mm-hmm. To they, mm-hmm. he's just a very his whole rogues gallery is the same way. Yeah, like, he works with his rogues a lot. Yeah. to help take down some of the bigger baddies out there. Yeah, because no matter what, his rogues understand their place in the world. Yeah, and that's what I like. I love Batman's Rogue Gallery. Don't get me wrong. It's still, in my opinion, the best one out there. Mm-hmm. It's the most interesting, but I, the Flash one is just got a different angle to it, and that's what just draws me to it so yeah. much. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. I think, so I, I, I've been kind of thinking about the different rogues galleries and what what i've kind of come up with is so batman's rogues galleries kind of seem like psychopaths and that's what i love about it yeah so so batman's are psychopaths superman's are all about mass destruction and flashes are just like morally gray like you know there's yeah. you know it's a good point there's so in between and it really uh, is a testament to how how each city is so different, you yep. know. I, yeah, I, I, just, I just thought that was interesting. Metropolis is a grand city, yeah. uh, whereas Gotham is dark and and gritty and and brooding almost. Like the city is almost destroyed, so all the villains just want to kill the people in it. Yeah. You know, Metropolis, it's a grand city, so it needs to be destroyed. Yeah. You know, that's one thing that I think DC really has going for it is that they have these fictional cities. So they can make these cities whatever they need it to be. Whereas Marvel is bound by actual geography. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, which do you like better? Between DC and Marvel? Yeah. Would you would you rather it be real geography or these fictional cities? I'd rather be a fictional city, honestly. I feel like you have a lot more you can play with that way and being bound by the geography, I mean, it's cool. Like, okay, we actually have superheroes in New York. That That's a cool concept, but it does limit what you can do. And, and I, to me, it's just a bit of a limiting factor. Well, DC does have the real city. It does have the real universes. cities in them. Yeah. But, but they're, they're the actual base primary. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I kind of like Marvel. I, I like, I like that about like, I can go to the, where the Sanctum Sanctorum, Sanctum Sanctorum is. Yeah. Like, I can go there. Like, there's a literal address. I can go to Yancey Street where the thing grew up. Like, that's... Like, I can do those things. Versus, oh, Gotham City. Uh, that shit doesn't exist. Yeah, Marvel just seems more tangible. Yeah, yeah. And that's something I like. But, I, I can see how you... I see your point there. I like that. That's pretty pretty neat. You know what? So, going back to Justice League, one problem that I had with... All right, specifically Batman... I really, really felt like he was not true to character. I had such, I had such an issue with him because he just, he didn't seem dark enough. He he seemed like he was over it. That's the thing, though. But he didn't seem dark. Like he's, he almost seemed too upbeat 
and then over it at the same time. And it was such like an odd thing for I me to see, see that. But like DC admitted that they wanted to do an older Batman. Yeah, but so it to that, that mean you're more respect. Upbeat. True, but at least as far as like taking a little bit more of a backseat to things and like not in like the fray of things, that was a little bit more to what they wanted to do. Also, like you, you have to consider that this Batman is one that is rediscovering hope because of Superman. Yeah. Because of what has, has transpired and he realizes I need to be better. And he even admits in the movie that he's not quite as human as Superman is, mm-hmm. which is a huge admission right. for him. So I understand why he's not that dark. Plus, they really did need to lighten up the tone. Because if I got another three hours of Batman's v Superman, I was just gonna jump in front of a train. Well, you know, but you almost didn't need Batman to be more upbeat because you had like almost every you know, okay the Flash and Aquaman as comic relief like every other minute. Well, like, here's <laughs> did you did you really need Batman to be more upbeat? Here, here's the thing about Batman that I think people just kind of brush under the rug. He has a very dry, very biting wit. Right. He's actually really funny when when you notice it. But because he's so terrifying in general, you don't think, that guy's funny. You don't look at him and go, oh, that guy's going to make me laugh. So when he makes you laugh, it's unexpected and it feels good. Sort of. Because I'm yeah, not gonna it's lie, un- it's unsettling. There's no, there's nothing more unsettling than seeing Batman smile. <laughs> nothing. He smiled in the movie, and I was like, "I'm scared. I'm gonna go home <laughs> and take a Brillo pad to my brain because I can't do this." Uh, and we all did. But, yeah, yeah. But you know who did smile, which was so great to finally see Superman. Superman. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, man, it's. I don't understand why. Like, why it took death, the death of Superman for them to give us that that classic iteration. Like, I love that about him. Like, like I don't mind experimenting and trying new angles, but when you realize it doesn't work, don't keep going with it. Well, I feel like they, they really tried to... Uh, uh, people will really disagree with this point of view, but I, I honestly like how they tried to explore Superman's humanity. I, uh, I enjoyed that as well. In the first, uh, in Man of Steel and in Batman versus Superman. Look, yeah, he he's very emotional, very broody like Batman. But, I mean, dude's from another planet. There's no one around like him. He grew up his entire life being completely different. In that's Kansas. gonna that's gonna mess with you in a lot of ways that no one can tell you like how it's gonna turn out for you. So the fact that he even is a good person in the first place, uh, despite all those things, yeah, it is amazing and a testament to his character, uh, which is why I think waiting until now uh, to pull out. Um, I don't know. I guess you want to say his final form of character, uh, but he is a. I don't know if I go final form. More maybe original form. Original, original recipe. Original form. Original recipe. Yeah. Original recipe. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we got the the Andromeda's recipe of, of, of Superman. 
the good stuff, <laughs> you know? So I, I like that because it really had an impact when now he's lighthearted and now he's full of hope. That's true. And like I said, I don't mind them exploring a darker Superman. Just don't keep going with it. Yeah. And I mean, he didn't, when we first see him, he doesn't start that way. He is pissed. Oh my God. Fuck yes. off. And he's like just ripping people apart. Yep. Uh, particularly when he sees Batman and he's, he's literally holding him by his head in, in midair. You wouldn't crushing. let me live. You wouldn't let me die. Tell me, do you bleed? That was like, oh, well, that's man. That chills down my spine. Oh, like, my, oh God. my God. So That was scary, man. Yo, if I was Batman, I'd be shit in my pants. I just, uh, we were discussing this on the way to pick you up earlier. Um, when Barry was running around Superman <laughs> and you slowly just see his eyes start to move his head. That's creepy as fuck. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Oh, it was great. Uh, Barry's, reaction is, Barry's reaction is was phenomenal. Great, but it was just creepy to just slowly see his eyes start to move. Then his head starts to move. That sly smile. Uh, it's like, oh, you're done. And then he just throws everyone away and starts attacking Barry in a nanosecond. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I did love that. Uh, and in that moment, I don't know if you guys realized it or not, but his ac- his actual accent started to come out a little bit. Mm. Uh, it, it's just so minor. It's like, wait a second, Superman's not British. <laughs> yeah, except he is. Well, in so one of the things like that was part of that scene that, and it wasn't the first time this happened, which is why it kind of kind of bothered me. When it happened again. Because Barry, he takes a lot of headers in the movie. And I mean, he does. He, uh, he's a flash. He's going goddamn fast. And he's he also gets hit like a couple times before really hard. And it's really not explained like, oh, his he actually has like a, a quasi healing yeah. factor. Yeah. You know, that he can just get up from you know, running at Superman at mock speed and getting punched in the chest. And then, you know, up, oh, I'm good. I'm getting back up now. You know, like that's never explained. Well, then, I mean, they kind of talk about his armor a little bit, but that doesn't, ex- yeah, you're right. That doesn't explain how we can take just a shot from Steph- Steppenwolf, who it takes, it literally takes them Superman getting to make any kind of headway with. Yeah. And just walk away from it. Yeah. No. Yeah. If you're, and that's, that's a problem that DC is going to have going forward is if you are a casual fan, like a light casual fan or someone who just wants to go see a superhero movie, like, and you don't know much backstory, you're not going to know these things. And And that was a big issue for a lot of people going into this movie is that at this point, before this movie came out, you've had Batman, Superman, and Sort of Wonder or Wonder Woman, yeah, actually, yeah. Full, full movie. Um, so that was all we really knew going into the movie itself. So a lot of people had that hesitation about it. Like, well, we're introducing a bunch of new characters now that we're supposed to instantly love. How are you going to do this? I felt they did a decent job with that, though. They gave just enough backstory for everyone for you to understand where they're coming from and who they are. Well, see, it's one thing to give backstory, but one thing that they almost like completely completely and utterly did not do is create any like emotional depth for the situation and the characters like you okay you could say that there was that dynamic between 
Batman and Diana and Barry and his dad, kinda. But you like in in every situation for every character, you see something kind of bad happen. Oh my god, they stole they stole the the cube. And that's and that's pretty much it, you know? That's all that really happens. I mean, on Themyscira, yeah, you you have a bunch of people die. And that and that really is uh, you know, a blow to the Amazons. But besides that, I I didn't really feel emotionally connected to Aquaman. Uh I didn't really get a good feel for um Cyborg. Like, you know he's upset and he's like just staying kind of as a recluse. Um he doesn't have a great relationship with his father, which they kind of touch on, but not really. Um, Flash, you see him go visit his dad a couple times, um, and you can tell that it's really that relationship is definitely strained. But you don't exactly know what happened between them and how their relationship is, um, you know. And at no point in the movie did I feel that something was truly terrible for anybody. All right, so so two things I'll say there. One is that it's almost impossible to feel that connection do building the universe the way DC has built it. With Marvel, we've had here's an Iron Man movie, here's a Thor movie, here's a Captain America movie. You've you've met all the characters, you've met a bunch of the auxiliary characters as well, mm-hmm. with the exception of Hulk. Hulk's like the only one that only showed up in Avengers. Right. So you feel a little bit of pathos for them. Like when you see Iron Man fly up in the hole and he comes down and he's falling and you think he's dead at the end, you feel a little something like, oh yeah, my man. god, I really hope they haven't just killed off this character. Definitely teared up when that happened. <laughs> Versus like this movie, I don't think there's any real fake out moment like that, but like, you know, this, this fight was not easy. You know, they, they definitely had a tough time with it. Like, and you, you were never really emotionally invested, which leads me to two, which is the other way they kind of retconned it is at the end, they send everybody off in their own directions and it sets up those other movies because you see Aquaman returning to Atlantis you see the Flash, you know, learn, going to school. You know he's going to school. You see Superman back in Metropolis where he belongs. You see Batman go back to Gotham. And you start to see, okay, well, everybody's going their, their separate ways. But they also show you them walking into, I guess that's Old Wayne Manor. Where they're saying, okay, yeah, it's well, going to be like the Hall here's, of here's where we're going to make yeah. Yeah, our headquarters. And a round table and all, all, all that stuff that goes on there. So I feel like that kind of solidifies the it from a backdoor way but not really good enough to provide more emotional investment hopefully they can get it right for justice league 2 so you're saying that solidifies it in a story way but not in an emotional way not no especially not not in real time so they're they're banking on the relationships that were built from this movie furthered in their own individual films the cyborg film the the Flash film. I'm guessing Wonder Woman 2 will be out before Justice League 2. Well, that could, that just got pushed up. Yeah, it's going to push up, I think, nice. was it mid-November now, I think, next year? Uh, mid-November of 2019. 2019? I thought it was next year. Is it? Is it 2018? Let me check. Yeah. So while you check, yeah. So we yeah. have we have all those movies 
to really get a little more perspective with some of these characters. I mean, we already have that with Wonder Woman. I, I think she's probably the strongest of anybody in the entire universe. Which honestly, and and no, no, you're right. Twenty nineteen. It's twenty eighteen. Twenty nineteen. Oh, okay. Uh, expected November first. Okay. Um, now this this might be maybe an obvious topic, uh, but they really make a point. Like Wonder Woman absolutely killed it, you know, with their solo film. And in Justice League, they really, really try and drive the point home. Like, Diana, you can lead these people. Like, a woman, you, a woman, mm-hmm. can lead these men. And I think that now, especially everything that's happening right now in, oh in our yeah. world, I really think it's the timing couldn't have oh, perfect. been better. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I 100% agree. Plus, she has so many good leadership qualities as a character yeah. that it makes her a natural choice. Look, it's not going to be Batman, although every, you you just know that no matter what, everybody will trust Batman almost to a fault uh-huh. because that's who he is. It can't be Superman because he has the immense power, but I don't think he's really a leader, right? Yeah, yeah. and that's and that's why... In the cartoon, uh, Justice League, um, they always make a point. Like, when they go into, like, there's a couple times where they'll go into the future and they'll show uh, Terry McGinnis being Batman. Mm -hmm. They even make it a point um, to say, uh, Amanda Waller, the world always needs, uh, the world always needs Batman, you know? Everybody will always look to him. And I think, you know, that is just absolutely established in this movie as well. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Batman's critical to the league at, at any point in time. Um, it's, it's, it's a symbol. Yeah. 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 So. Speaking of critical to the league, um, in the little Amazonian flashback, we got a couple of characters we did. that have yet to be seen that are that will be getting movies that we know about. Yes. Uh, first of which, which excited me personally, was the little Green Lantern cameo. I, I was very excited about that. Uh, you did see the Green Lantern die, but then you saw his ring fly off, so you know that someone else got chosen and the ring's just passing on. So yep. I'm excited to see not only what they're going to do with the Green Lantern property in general, but which Green Lantern they're going to focus on. Because there's a lot of people that... Mm. There's a lot of people that are thinking that they're not going to do Hal Jordan just because of the whole Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie debacle. Oh, that movie is great. Oh, yeah. For really? a cartoon. <laughs> that was a cartoon. Holy shit. <laughs> so, like, if it was. Oh so a lot of people are concerned that they may... If they go with Hal Jordan, people are still going to have that bad taste in their mouth from that movie. Well, I, I, w- I would love to see Jon Stewart. That's exactly the next point. I agree. A lot of people want to see Jon Stewart. All right, so selfishly, a couple of reasons I want to see Jon Stewart. One is because he's he's just such a strong presence. Two, he's a person of color, which adds to diversity, which makes me, as a person of color, feel really good. Yep. So uh, yeah, I'm all in. I'm all in for John Stewart. The only the only thing that I have heard against John Stewart um, being in this 
I guess DC lineup is both him and Batman are very, very much like military style very strong leaders. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I but I honestly think it would be a great dynamic to exactly. have. Exactly. It would be mm-hmm. butting heads within the league. It would give it that uh, such a gritty and aggressive dynamic. You know, you have all these people that are they're cracking jokes left and right, but you you need to you need some people that are like, no, this is the way we're doing it, and I don't really give a shit what you say. Yeah, it has to be lives are on the line for those two. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and no, you know, serious up. Uh, and the other thing that we saw, saw a little Shazam in there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. So yeah, man, like they they snuck some things in there for some fans, which is really cool. Um, they I, I think that's something that they've done well over time. Like uh, in in a uh, Man of Steel, they showed some LexCorp stuff. Mm-hmm. In they snuck something in for BVS as well. Where it was like, oh, that's really cool. Did you did you notice that? The other really cool little Easter egg that I noticed, and that most of us noticed, was they used the Batman theme. <gasps> oh, that was so awesome. If, all right, so it is... So both Mike and I are musicians. Uh, just a quick side note. So for me, uh, the score is absolutely... Okay. I'm going to say necessary for lack of better terms. Yeah, I'm right there with you. But it really the score needs to be there for me to make a movie great. And because of that, I am always listening. And I picked up on that right away. Yep. Whereas he, he, me, who as on the opposite end of the spectrum being a scientist, <laughs> didn't really pick that up. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's it was only like a couple notes that they... Th- that they threw in it's a few bars yeah it wasn't very long no but when it happened it was like yes that was awesome yep uh and if you if you know that you will have a hard time catching this it is during the scene where batman is driving the batmobile to try and lure away the parademons uh specifically when he realizes that oh shit this is really getting out of hand and he throws it into reverse. So when that happens, listen up, prick your ears up. It's going to be, it's the 1989 theme. Yeah. 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 The key by, by uh, Danny Elfman. Yep. Who's probably one of the most crazy composers of all time. Wrote the Simpsons theme song. He is. He's everywhere. Everywhere. He's done a broad spectrum of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, and then the last like thing that I noticed was eventually they got Cyborg to say booyah, which was so awesome. I heard for me. you what as soon as he said I heard you it's so happy in the theater. I was like, okay then uh, yeah. That was good. That was good. I was definitely waiting for that the entire movie. I was like, come on, you gotta say it just once. Just once. I don't care if you whisper it. Just say it. Uh booyah. <laughs> I and you know what? I I really did like the dynamic that they established between Flash and Cyborg. Yes, like, I agree. They're like <laughs> they're the most morose. Oh my scene god! 
uh, probably of the entire movie when they're literally just Flash and Cyborg in the middle of the night are literally digging up Superman like from the grave <gasps> and they're like well I guess this is us huh <laughs> the mistakes and they're like ah, fucking right <laughs> All right, let's just dig up this guy so I could do this faster by myself if you want and, and yeah. right before or right after he right when he said that like seconds before I was like couldn't Flash just like dig it up yeah, we, were, we, were this, yeah, we were all we were all there we are all there <laughs> Like he's so fast. Like you just, he, he, this could be done. Like you guys could be back. He could be eating another pizza right now by I, himself. I do like how they established the um, the eating like habits. Yeah. Of, of yes. a speedster. Because uh, that's something that gets overlooked a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. all the time. But just it, a regular athlete needs to have has a high metabolism. Needs needs to eat a lot. Imagine this guy who's running at the speed of light. Like yeah, he should basically always have food like on his person. That yeah. like could have been just an a easily protein IV drip or something. <laughs> and that's that's something that they actually ignore in the show. Yeah, well, well, it's when, a, it's when a, they show him eating, he's the, got like copious amounts of food. At the very yeah. beginning of the show, like in the first like few episodes, they explore it a little bit, but then they kind of just toss it to the wayside. Yeah. Yeah, because nobody cares about a character eating. I don't know if you like if you ever notice on TV or in movies, like they don't show people eating a whole lot because it, it's it's messy. Like, is you're you're talking with a mouthful of food, or like, are you are you you know? It's just it's just a mess. It's a mess. Well, see, all right. If you obviously you guys are familiar with Young Justice, yes. Um, one of the things I really liked about um kid flash specifically in an episode where pretty much the entire team has to go to this major major crisis that the justice justice league is dealing with everyone except for kid flash who is given the task of delivering an organ to someone like across the country yep and the way has been paved for him like police are blocking off the streets, so he has a clear path to get there. But in the middle of him, you know, doing this, he stops and is like, "Oh shit, yeah, he has I, to eat. I need some food like now." And to me, that that was one of my favorite. It's so stupid that it was like one of my favorite moments, but it's really like. They really stay true to the characters that way. Yes. Like, this is their downfall, <laughs> you know, like, in a, in a way. Like, he can Superman run out of energy. Superman has Krypton, kind of. the Flash, or Superman has Kryptonite, the Flash has food. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah. Well, no. He, he can burn himself out. Remember, uh, there's a point where Barry mentions his blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, guys, this might be a bad time to mention my blood sugar being low. <laughs> He just needs to eat, and, and Batman sends him up to the pantry with Alfred. Oh yeah, which, which is I, I love that. You know, it's <laughs> it's funny because it, it's, it's also, so relatable, it's so natural. It's yeah. such a natural conversation he's having. He's like, uh, guys, I, I know we're in the middle of all this, but I'm gonna die if I don't. <laughs> yeah, but so. gonna start eating itself, and there's not a whole lot to eat. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I always thought that was funny too. Like, they they really don't make a point of. All right, well, we just. As the Flash would say, we just did battle. Uh, oh, I love that side comment that he had. It was just like, I've never actually 
done battle. I kind of just run up to people, push them, and run away. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I man, honestly, Flash was one of my favorite characters. In, yep. In the movie, uh, I really was iffy about Ezra Miller. I was very iffy about him. You know what? So I've only seen a couple of things with him in it, and he did an absolutely fantastic job acting in each one of those things. But he he, he has he has a certain way about him, and I a huge part of me says this is great. He's gonna be because the Flash is very quick. You know he's. He, and that's just how he is, and that's how Ezra Miller is in pretty much every role that he plays. But sometimes his his literal acting, like the choices that he makes, can be a little bit over the top, uh, you know, a little bit exaggerated. And I didn't know if that was going to be quite right for 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 the Flash. I think so. my f- biggest thing at first was just that he didn't have the Flash look. Like when yeah. I think of the Flash, I think of like a six foot tall blonde guy. Like that's my idea of the Flash. That's what I've always seen him as. Well, yeah. and like it was different for the TV show. And I go grew to like Grant Gustin, and I got used to seeing him. So it wasn't like a huge shock to all of a sudden go to Ezra Miller. But yeah, I, I again, you've spent so much time with the TV Flash that it's sometimes confusing, even to someone who's seasoned, to think of somebody else being that character like could you imagine and, it, and it's even possible to happen right now could you imagine having two batman running around like how well, the way things are going it <laughs> might actually be right because i just saw today they introduced one in the arrowverse did they yeah i knew they were they talked about it they talked about it. i didn't know they were actually going to i don't know i haven't watched all the shows this week so i'm I not sure i haven't caught up at all this season I that they made yeah. they made reference I, to Bruce Wayne at once at one point. Yes, so I haven't seen anything. I would I I have just read an article that I, says I they, do they remember did, so it was like season two news. of Arrow or something like that. Like there was a scene in a bar and like they were panning into the bar and as they started panning over there was a jacket hanging over a chair and on it you just saw Hal Jordan. And I was like, what? Oh my god, what? Did <laughs> you see like someone pick up the jacket and just walk away? I was yeah. like, holy shit, you actually have Hal Jordan in this universe. <laughs> Yeah, look, they they can't do a lot, but they, when they mention stuff, it's purely fan service from what I understand. All right, so thanks for joining us this week. Uh, we've had a lot of fun tonight discussing Justice League with you. Uh, hopefully, you'll join us again in about two weeks. Yes? Yeah. I believe. Sometime around there, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll toss up another podcast. Hopefully, we get some, uh, some video up in there as well. Um, and remember to check out our review of Justice League on thetwistedcape.com and just check out all our other features there. And if there, you have any questions, anything you would like to ask us, anything you want us to maybe discuss in a future podcast or whatever, shoot us an email. All our contact information is on the website as well. Yep, and be sure to check out all of our social media pages as well. We have our Facebook up and running, our Twitter, our SoundCloud, which will have this podcast on it. But if you don't have SoundCloud or an account on there, you can always check out the podcast on our website, thetwistedcape.com. On top of that, we are also going to be having a video cast, which is exactly what it sounds. It is simply a video of us recording the podcast. So if you'd rather watch and listen, that's always available to you. 
So, everybody, thank you for joining us today, and hope to catch you soon. Keep it twisted. Keep it twisted.